Hi, my name is Peter Maestri and you're listening to Divorce, the first six months. If you're someone who's about to go through a divorce or maybe you're just healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories that you're going to listen to focus on people that have been through a divorce, but more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. If you had to do it all over again, would you? 100%. I'd, I'd do it a thousand times over. Why? And that's, that's the thing that's so jarring for people to hear because when I tell them a little bit about what my experience of being married to this man was like, and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry you went through this and it's so horrible and it's so awful. And I, and I don't disagree with that necessarily, but had I not experienced that, I just don't know that I ever would have gotten to this place of profound self-love that, um, that I got to, you know, like if I had had like a decent marriage and just went through life, you know, kind of with everything being fine, I I don't know that I would have ever, like I said, you know, like I said, a few minutes ago, I don't know that I ever would have had the relationship with the love of my life that I wanted, which is with myself, not in like a, Oh, I'm so like, I'm so awesome kind of way but like a real true, like, it's like ultimate self-acceptance. It's like ultimate. Um, and I just, I just, I personally right now in this moment, I don't see any other way to get there than dealing with um, the pain of divorce. And that's why I say it's the best thing that can happen to people. You know, it kind of sucks like financially and with kids and, but it's like, I'm a hundred percent, you know, confident and, um, completely grounded in who I am that my kids are going to go on to have an extraordinary life, not in spite of me being divorced, but because I got divorced and that's the greatest gift that I can give to them and to all these other women that I'm going to start, you know, that I coach in my, in my coaching business. You know, there's, there's a reason why we haven't talked about kids in our conversation and it's because. I, I felt like it was handled, right? Like you just, you have it handled and the kids are not the ones going through the divorce, even though they are. Mm-hmm. What, um, what could you say about the experience or what would you do something differently? Or is there, what are the pros and cons about going through a divorce with twins? Well, I mean, definitely the pros are that they have each other and, you know, specifically because they're twins they've been on the exact same trajectory and plan their whole life. You know, they come as a pair. And so they are each other's greatest love. And they're also, especially now with COVID and they spend so much time together, they are, you know, so sick of each other. But, um, you know, I've heard, and I, you know, I don't, I haven't researched this too much that they say that if, if parents get divorced when kids are age seven and under that it's easier or like under the age of seven, that it's easier for them, but I don't have any frame of reference. So it's not like I've got an older kid and a younger one and I can see kind of how differently they're dealing with it. I will say that this, the single best thing that I have done for them is to have a great life and to be happy. You know, as much as my ex-husband, you know, has his faults and, in my opinion, was a raging narcissistic and completely abusive. 
the one thing that we have not done is we never talk shit about each other to our kids ever. And he and I have maintained a very civil co-parenting relationship for the benefit of the children. Um, and we don't mess around with that. Obviously the cons are that they have to go back and forth now between two houses. Um, they have to see their parents with new partners. They are now like out in the world. They're like a child of divorced parents. I just don't really give too much charge to that kind of stuff because I know that I'm doing my job. And, you know, because of my financial situation, I was able to buy out my husband's half of the house and um, provide that stability for them. So even though their father moved, he actually moved into an apartment. And then about six months later, he bought a house where he's living now. So they kind of had to move twice with him. They had the stability with me in our house, in the family house the whole time. And we haven't really talked too much about this either, is that even though I have a lot of um, resentment sort of built up in the house itself, because it represents so much of how my ex-husband would manipulate and control me with money. Um, like when I drive by the billboards for the Powerball lottery, I always think to myself, even if I won the lottery right now, I would just redo my kitchen and stay in my house because I think that that's what would be best for the girls, at least right now for the next year until we get through COVID and they're well into the new rhythm of the parenting plan and, you know, that they're just a little further along in this process. I can relate, sister. This place I bought with, with her and I kept it inside of uh, the divorce. But yeah. Um, yeah, I love this place and I don't, I don't want to leave it. But yeah, there's certain times where you walk in and you can see the person and it's, it's just, it's weird. But at the same time, it's like, man, I love the place. Like I, 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 if I got, if I won the lottery, I would redo my bathroom. I definitely don't love my house. I stay here because, you know, I'm in business building mode right now with my coaching business and, you know, it's just not a great time financially for me to be moving because I'm still recovering a little bit from getting divorced. Also for the girls, I feel like it's in their best interest that we just stay put for a while. Oddly enough, and this happened, talk about the first six months from the minute he left, I never thought about him when I walked in this house. It was like, he was so checked out in the years leading up to us splitting up. You know, he was the kind of guy I had to beg him to get out of bed on Christmas morning. So it's not like when I look at the room where the, where we had the Christmas tree, I think of fun family times. And the minute that people started coming over here after he moved out, they would walk in, they'd be like, oh my God, like the energy feels totally different in here. And I was like, yeah, I know. What can you say about time and healing? Well, a couple of things, but the second six months for me, were a disaster. And that was where, and maybe this is part two for us. Right. That was where I, I now refer to it as my divorce depression. Like I was so happy and so free to be free from the abuse in the first six months. And then the next six months after that was when the reality and the divorce depression set in. So when you're saying like, we haven't really talked about my emotional state, that's because it, it came in a delayed way. So I think the sequencing for how, what people experience in the grief process varies greatly from person to person. 
So like, for example, I have a good friend who got divorced <clears throat> and a couple of months after she and her husband split up, she immediately got into another serious relationship with somebody that had been a close friend of hers for about 10 years and they were together for a year. And then when that ended, she had to deal with both the breakup with that guy and with her divorce. So to answer your question, it's like, if you don't deal with your divorce and by deal with it, I mean, actively do the work and don't just slap a bandaid over it by getting into a relationship with somebody else. If you don't deal with your divorce, it will deal with you. And so when I was going through my divorce depression and I felt so bad almost every single day, it was like, those were the times when I had to do everything that I knew how to do. Every mindset trick, every, you know, rallying people around me to be like, this is going to get better. This will get better. You are not always going to feel this bad. And it just absolutely um, sucks the life out of you. And, you know, how long that lasts. And this is one of the things that Melanie talks about so much in her, in the NARP courses is so within, so without, meaning that whatever you're experiencing over here, the universe is going to reflect back to you as feedback. We have it the other way around. We have it that we're responding to the external circumstances or to the, to whatever's going on out here. That that's not how it works. It's, it's quantum law. What, what the feedback that you get is actually a reflection of what's going on within. So so it's like there was there was this intrinsic motivation for me to want to to want to actually do the work so that I could move past it because I just wasn't interested in feeling bad. Whenever I would tell people, even still now, when I run into people and I tell them I got divorced, you know, I would say eight out of ten times they say I'm so sorry. And I always interrupt them. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. I said, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, and they're like, oh, well then I guess congratulations. I was like, yeah. Every now and again, somebody will say, oh, I'm not sure. What, what do I say? Do I say I'm sorry? Or do I say congratulations? <laughs> In my case, you say congratulations. Hey, you say congratulations. You know, so that's one thing. And then, and, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not like, going out in the world as like a marriage basher, you know, like everybody should get divorced. It's the best thing that's ever happened to you. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying for me yeah, that it was the pathway to having this great, this extraordinary life. And then the other thing that I'll say is that when I was in my first six months that I now refer to as the honeymoon phase mm -hmm. of being free and liberated, one of my very good friends from college I've known for 30 years and he's, he's divorced and he calls me McLean, which is my last name. And he would say, McLean, he said, I know you're feeling so good right now. He said, but there's nobody who is immune to going through the pain of getting divorced and it's coming. And I was like, Eric, no, I'm, I'm going to be the one person. And then sure enough, wham, after the first six months, it, you know, it, there it was. And you, you have to go through it. You can't go around it. You can't. And that, that's why I was saying, if you don't deal with your divorce, it'll deal with you. So thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm going to challenge you right now. It made a difference. Reach out and tell somebody. It really does make a difference.